Welcome to From Water Into Wine with Mignon Morel, the place where we discuss the practical and supernatural ways of the kingdom of God that are relevant to your life. And now, today's podcast. Hello, I'm your host, Mignon Morel. Before we get started today, I wanted to remind everybody that we have a new website from waterintowine.org. So if you have a chance and you want to learn more about things like dreams and prophecy and how God speaks, I encourage you to go to the website and check out the resources that we have. I have a lot more videos posted. I'm, we're posting videos and things all, every week now. And you'll find different tabs on the podcast page that has more information and resources um, on different topics that you might be interested in. So I wanted to share that with y'all. We're also on YouTube. So anyhow, enjoy. (laughs) So today we're going to speak on spiritual gifts. And I'm going to try to break this all down for you in an understandable way. But first, I want to say something very important here. In the kingdom, God is more concerned with growing his fruit in us than he is with actually growing our spiritual gifts. So you say, why, Mignon, do you say that? Well, because the fruit of the Spirit is aligned with God's nature. The fruit of the Spirit is about who God is, his attributes, and how he is. He is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The word says that there is no law against these things. What that means is the enemy doesn't have a platform to attack us or land on us and come against us when we're moving in the fruit of the spirit, when we're exhibiting more in the fruit of the spirit of our life. His attacks, if they come, get cut off. When we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is basically evidence of God's nature ruling in our lives, then it acts like a protection for us and a control so that when we use the gifts we've been given, we use them correctly. We use them like God would use them, like he would want us to use them. And we see the fullness of those gifts being released, all because they are funneled first through his mature nature in us. So let's remember that as we go through this, that we need to be allowing the Holy Spirit to cultivate more spiritual fruit in our lives so that our spiritual gifts can work in the way they were designed to work. Now, before we talk about what the specific gifts are, let's talk about where they come from. 1 Corinthians 12.4 Now, there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, but it is the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. 1 Corinthians 12.11 All these gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, are all brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit, distributing to each one individually just as He chooses. So we see from these verses, it is the Holy Spirit who decides who gets what gift. You don't get to decide what gift you are initially given. So let's talk now about what are the spiritual gifts. 
What exactly are they? Well, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 8, it says spiritual gifts are special endowments or abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers in order to bless the body for the common good of the body as a whole. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, 8, Paul begins to break down the spiritual gifts into three main categories of gifts and how they operate. Now, there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. And there are distinctive varieties of service administration, but it is the same Lord who is served. And there are distinctive varieties of operation, of working to accomplish things, but it is the same God who inspires and energizes them all in all. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good and profit. So here in this verse, we see that he mentions three things in relations to spiritual gifts. He mentions varieties of extraordinary powers, varieties of service administration, and varieties of operation. Let's talk first about the varieties of extraordinary power, also known for most of us as the nine spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another discernment and distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Okay, so let's take a look at this and let's break these down one by one. Now, as we go through this list, it's important to note that these are all supernatural gifts. This means they are given by the Holy Spirit and they work through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. They operate at a strength level that is according to our faith. So as I go through explaining these, uh, take note of what resonates with you in your own life. So you can kind of figure out a little bit about where you stand in regards to this. So one of the first things he mentions is the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom is the ability to make decisions and give guidance in accordance with God's perfect will in a situation, either in church or in matters of life. This gift of wisdom goes beyond earthly knowledge and is linked to having godly counsel and understanding. It's also closely aligned with the gift of knowledge. An example of someone uh, in scripture who used the gift of wisdom would be Joseph. Uh, as we remember, he interpreted the dreams for Pharaoh, and then he gave advice to Pharaoh uh, in relation to one of his dreams to store up the grain for seven years. That's wisdom, okay? That's an example, knowing what to do about the information. Second, the gift of the word of knowledge. This gift is the ability to have an in-depth understanding of a spiritual issue or situation without prior knowledge of it. 
This gift operates closely with the gift of wisdom. And you'll see this happen a lot with people in like healing services that kind of know body parts or know the areas that need healing. Um, Knowledge is knowing what is happening or occurring in a given situation. And wisdom is knowing what to do about it or how to manage it correctly. An example of the gift of knowledge in scripture would be the apostle Peter. He knew when Ananias came to him that he was lying about the money he got for the land. That's an example of knowledge. You're getting knowledge directly from the Holy Spirit that you would have no natural means of. Number three, the gift of faith. The gift of faith is being able to trust God and encourage others to trust God, no matter the circumstances. It is supernatural confidence in God's promises, power, and presence. This type of faith equips people and encourages people to take heroic stands for God. It's more than just the average Christian's faith. An example in scripture would be Abraham when he was about to uh, sacrifice Isaac. He believed God would provide a sacrifice for Isaac and he said so. So the gift of faith. Four, the gift of healing. The gift of healing is the miraculous ability to use God's healing power to restore a person who is sick, injured, or suffering. It's to be a conduit for that healing power to manifest over and over again. This can also include emotional healing. This gift, uh, a lot of times, works very closely with the gift of miracles. An example would be the Apostle Paul. He had the gift of healing, and it was so strong, they said even his handkerchief could heal when it touched people. So that's an example of the gift of healing. The gift of miracles. The gift of miracles is being able to perform signs and wonders that give authenticity to God's word and the gospel message. This is a signs and wonders gift that lifts people's faith. An example, of course, would be the Lord Jesus multiplying food to feed 5,000 people. That's a gift of a miracle. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy, um, as I've said in other other talks, is not the same thing as being a prophet because a prophet is a calling position that takes years. And I talk more about the differences in my other talks uh, called Understanding Prophecy uh, that you should listen to if you haven't already. But a Christian can have the gift of prophecy and not necessarily be a prophet. The gift of prophecy is is um, actually interpreting the divine will and purpose in inspired preaching and teaching and foretelling the future. So if you have the gift of prophecy, you can know and share the message about the future that's coming and what God is saying about it in order to encourage the body. Normally when we have the gift of prophecy and we're not a prophet, it's usually mainly used to encourage the body, to help focus them on God and And listen to what God is saying at that moment. Now, if you're a prophet, you will have the gift of prophecy also, but you'll also have other gifts that go along with that, like the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, faith, and discernment. Examples uh, in the Bible, of course, would be the prophet Elijah. Also, the apostle John, he also exhibited the gift of prophecy, as we saw in the book of Revelations. There's more I talk about prophecy again in my other talks, so I encourage you to to go back and check those out if you're interested in this topic. 
the gift of discernment of spirits. The gift of discerning spirits is really the ability to determine whether or not a message, a person, or an event is truly from God. The Holy Spirit gives the gift of discernment to enable certain Christians to clearly recognize and distinguish between the influence of God, Satan, the world, and the flesh in a given situation. It's being able to discern, judge, or appraise a person, a statement, a situation, or an environment that you're in. Uh, The New Testament also describes it as the ability to distinguish between spirits and to discern that which is good and evil as well. An example in scripture would be John the Baptist when he was baptizing and he yelled at the Pharisees who were coming out and called them a brood of vipers. He was discerning their spirit. This again is not a natural gift. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I have found that the Holy Spirit is very particular with who he gives this gift to so that it is not misused in general. (laughs) The gift of tongues. The gift of tongues is the ability to speak in a foreign language that you do not have knowledge of, to speak or pray in that language, uh, either human language or angelic language. Now, not everyone will speak in tongues. I know there are many that say that if you don't speak in tongues, it's a sign that you're not really filled with the Holy Spirit, but that's not true. And it actually, Apostle Paul clearly states in 1 Corinthians 12, 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? So it's clearly stated here, not everyone will speak in tongues. It is a gift, not a right, just to make that clear. An example of the gift of tongues would be at Pentecost, when they all spoke in different tongues and were able to share the gospel in different languages. The gift of interpretation of tongues. This is the ability to translate the tongues that are being spoken and communicate it back to others in your own language. Again, a good example of this is Pentecost. Again, these are both gifts of the Holy Spirit inspired by him. So these are the nine extraordinary power gifts that Paul speaks about operating in the church. Now in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 28, Paul goes on to mention ministries and services that he also classifies as a type of gift. Now, some scholars and pastors will think they are operations and others are going to say they're gifts. Honestly, I don't think it matters uh, too specifically on what we call them, as long as we understand that the people doing them are gifted to do them. 1 Corinthians 12, 28. You are... Christ's body. Individually, you are members of it, each with his own special purpose and function. So God has appointed and placed in the church for his own use, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those who work miracles, then those with the gifts of healings, the helpers, the administrators, and speakers in various kinds of unknown tongues. In Romans 12, 6, Paul talks about the other ministrations that he also calls gifts. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them accordingly. If someone has the gift of prophecy, let him prophesy in proportion to the faith he possesses. If service, in the act of serving, and, or he who teaches, in the act of teaching, or he who encourages, in the act of encouragement, he who gives with generosity, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy in caring for others with cheerfulness. 
So we see here in these lists that Paul makes that he considers these ministrations a type of gift or gifting. Now, again, it, I don't know that it really matters so much. You know, are they really a gift? Are they not a gift? What matters is understanding that the people who do these things are gifted to do them. So many of these fall under the ministration and services category, and they're actually more self-explanatory, but I will share them briefly here. The gift of helps or service. This is someone who always has the desire to help, no matter what the cost, with a good attitude. And there's someone who also do a really good job with whatever it is they're helping with. The gift of administration. Someone who can keep things organized and is able to get people working together to accomplish a task for the church um, or in life. The gift of teaching. This is the gift of breaking kingdom and biblical concepts down in order for them to be explained and understood by the masses. The gift of exhortation or encouragement. This is uh, someone who's always encouraging and lifting up others, which is always needed in the body of Christ. They actually recognize uh, people who need to be encouraged and they actually can go there and do that. So this is a, a gift that is sorely needed in the body today. The gift of giving. This is uh, someone who gives generously of what they have for the benefit of others, especially in regards to the gospel. And they give jo uh, joyously, uh, cheerfully, and don't see it as a, de a deficit. They also don't announce it. That's the other thing that's important. When you have the gift of giving, it's a natural impulse for you. The gift of leadership. This is someone who can inspire and lead others and carry the weight that goes along with leadership. The gift of mercy. This is someone that takes care of others, even if they don't deserve it. Again, they do it with a good attitude and they're very good at it and can carry the burden and the weight of it. I want to say something here briefly about the fivefold ministry positions because it's important we understand that these are callings and not just giftings per se. The fivefold ministry positions were given by Jesus to the church as a gift to the church in mass to help build all of the church up into maturity and for the work of the kingdom. Ephesians 4:11. And his gifts were varied. He himself appointed and gave to us some to be apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." So these are positions and callings, as we can see here, as well as gifts. Also, I want to say the fivefold ministry positions should also flow in some of the nine power gifts, like miracles, discernment, wisdom, knowledge, healing. This is evidence that their calling and position is real and from God. And so I'm going to just briefly describe the fivefold ministry positions as gifts here, and I will be talking more on them in the future. So let's start with apostles. Apostles are special messengers chosen by God. You don't get to choose to be an apostle, no matter how badly you want to. Now, Jesus is the one who confirms this position on a person's life. 
you know, today we would consider them to be people who travel, building the church as a body, kind of like a contractor ensuring God's plans come to pass for the entire church as a whole. Apostles see the big picture and can bring a plan of God to fullness by leading a group of people and overseeing it. Prophets. Again, you don't get to pick to be a prophet. This is something God does, and it takes years of one-on-one training with God to get rid of soulishness. Prophets see, hear, and interpret. They teach and preach the inspired divine will of God for the church and people's lives. They also see the future. They are a vital part of the life of the church even today. Evangelist. This is someone who is on fire with the gospel and is able to lead the masses to Jesus for salvation and share the message of salvation. You know, I think you could also categorize missionaries here. I believe since their main passion is leading people to salvation within their own sphere of influence. Pastors. These are people who shepherd, teach, guide, and are supposed to protect the flock within their own sphere of influence. They typically have a great love for Jesus and for people. Teachers. These are people who can break down kingdom and biblical concepts, as I said earlier, in order to make them more understandable and applicable to everyday life for the masses in the church. Now, all of these people who are in these callings and positions should flow in some of the power gifts as evidence they are truly called to their positions. I only speak about them here because Paul mentions them in line with the gifts, and they are considered gifts given to the church by Jesus himself. Now, there are other callings within the church, including things like intercessors and worship leaders, and I'm going to speak about that at a different time. Even though we are given specific gifts by the Holy Spirit, we can ask for and desire other gifts that we may want. 1 Corinthians 12, 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing or speak with tongues? Do all interpret? but earnestly desire and strive for the greater gifts, if acquiring them is going to be your goal. So we see from this verse that we can ask for and desire and strive for different spiritual gifts. We go to the Holy Spirit and we ask him directly. And we grow in the gifts we are given as our faith and maturity grows. And we use those gifts for the betterment of the church and the people around us. Now, it's important to note that out of all the spiritual gifts, Paul still says there's one that's actually above all, and that is love. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. But earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces, the higher gifts and choicest graces. And yet I will show you still a more excellent way one that is better by far and the highest of them all, love. 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest, and earnestly desire and cultivate the spiritual endowments and gifts. So we see here that love is what Paul says is the highest gift we can have. We are to use our gifts in accordance with the amount of faith we have, but the greatest operating gift of all in our lives is love. 
Now, since the gifts of the spirit are gifts of grace, their use must be controlled by the rule of love in our life, the greatest of all the gifts of the spirit. So let's talk a little bit about how the gifts are to be used. You know, spiritual gifts are supposed to be used in the body in harmony with everyone making room for each person's gift. And in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul speaks about the importance of not getting a big head over what gift you think you have. Each gift is important in God's eyes, and each is needed for the body of Christ to work and grow in fullness and maturity together. This is why love must be central, and again, why spiritual fruit is so important when you're dealing with the gifts. It keeps you from making mistakes with the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 24. But God has so adjusted the whole body, giving the greater honor and richer endowment to the inferior parts, which lack apparent importance, so that there should be no division or discord or lack of adaptation of the parts of the body to each other. But the members all alike should have a mutual interest in and care for one another. So they're supposed to be used in unity and harmony together in the church, not placing one above the other, but recognizing the importance, the need, and the good in all of them. Okay, so we've talked about what they are. Have you seen yourself yet in them? Not yet? Well, then the next question is, how do I know what I'm gifted at? I do want to say it's important that you learn what your gifts are. You will be stronger in some than, than others. It's important to know what your gifts are so that you know how to function in the body of Christ, what your position is and how to share and to help those around you. And I know it's very common in many churches today that when you go in, you receive a gifts test, like the minute you go to their one-on-one class. This is so that they can better place you in specific positions within the church that they think you would excel at so you can serve in that position because most churches are desperate for people to serve. Now, I want to say these tests are okay, okay? They can be helpful, and the churches that are using them are trying their best to have something to use to engage this subject with the people. They work best in a setting where spiritual gifts are being taught on so that the people who take the test understand better in general what to look for and what the signs of each gift are. So taking a spiritual gift test is one way to some extent that you could know what you may be gifted at, but it's not the best way. Why? Because it is the Holy Spirit that gives you the gifts. This means it is a gift given to you specifically by the one who knows the gift, how it really operates, and can help you with it. If you want to know what your gifts are, you really need to start by going to the Holy Spirit and asking him to reveal it to you. It's your responsibility to open the gift, learn about the gift, grow in the gift, and operate the gift you have been given. The church is a good place to learn about how the gift can function, and it's a good place to use the gift so you can grow in it. But we need to start by going to the Holy Spirit first when we're seeking to know what our gifts are. 
It's important to know the Holy Spirit will often give gifts that line up with your natural temperament as well and what you're created to do. He knows who you were created to be and what your specific purpose is. So he's going to give you gifts that go along with that and they're going to be more natural in the way they function. Now, are you drawn to a specific gift? Then you can learn about that gift and see if those things line up with your life. But the most important thing is that you go to the Holy Spirit and ask him. Also know that God will send confirmation to you in regards to your gifts. Once you're really starting to learn about them and desiring to know what they are and you start becoming active in them. Then once you have an idea of what your gift is, you learn more about your gift and you can use your gift in a church body that is actually teaching on spiritual gifts and putting them to use within the body of Christ. Gifts were meant to be used, not set on a shelf. So I encourage you once you're functioning in your gift or you think you know that you get yourself in a a local body that actually encourages using them. And remember that your gift will grow as you grow in maturity in Christ and the fruit of the spirit, because more of his nature is manifesting in your life. You can be entrusted with more than one gift. Jesus flowed in all the gifts. Jesus is the model we follow here, and we are called to be exact replicas of him. So there's no reason we can't move in more than one gift, but That only happens as more of his life becomes more of our life. Now, I'm going to speak more on each gift specifically in my future podcast, as well as speak more on the callings and the power that's available to us and the spiritual fruit. So stay tuned for those coming up as well. But for now... I want to pray for those who maybe don't know what they're gifted at or pray for those who are wanting specific gifts and would like to receive those and get understanding in those from the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to pray for that right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that uh, you shine over our lives. I thank Father God above in the name of Jesus for blessing us with the gift of the Holy Spirit our counselor, our helper, and the one who knows exactly what we need when we need it. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that for the listeners, you would begin to hover over them. You know what gifts God desires for them to have, and you know the desires of their heart. I'm asking that as they go forward in these weeks, that you begin to reveal to them what their specific gifts are, what their callings are, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you make it extremely obvious to them and tangible to them. I ask for confirmations to come for them. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you open doors for them to begin to use the gifts you have in line for them. And I ask for those who are wanting new gifts that you mature them so that they'd be able to receive more from you. Holy Spirit, I ask you to hover over all the listeners this week. I ask you to bless them with greater understanding, with courage, and with wisdom on how to use the gifts you're giving them. I ask all this in Jesus' holy and mighty name. Amen. For more information, podcasts, videos, prophecies, and teachings, simply go to fromwaterintowine.org. And follow us on Facebook at The Water Into Wine. 
This podcast is produced by Media 12 Productions, media12.org.